life. God wants to take them out. Takes the, a grain of, of faith as a grain of mustard seed and moves the mountains. Small things. The faith that God's placed is a measure of faith. It didn't say how much, but a measure of faith. If we believe God to do what He says He would do, I truly believe He would move and do things that is impossible to us, but with God there is nothing impossible. I believe like he mentioned to Mary when she says, how can these things be? I've never been with a man. He says, with God, all things are possible. Your healing can take place. And God wants it to take place. Praise God. How many believe we're living in the last days? I truly believe in my spirit, things are wrapping up faster than we can even uh, hardly think about it anymore. Just heard just uh, 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 last week, um, uh, Israel, and things are happening with Israel. Things are going on with Israel, a big time. That God was going to bless them. He spoke it in the Old Testament as he uh, had established them, and God was going to supply their needs. Well, they found oil, and I heard a minister years ago said that God would supply Israel with oil because that was the last thing that they really needed to, to sustain them in the times that they live in. They found oil, and they said it's such a large amount of oil that it, it, it pales, uh, Saudi Arabia pales in comparison to what Israel found. But not just oil, but natural gas. Now, you say, how is that significant? Because God says in the last days, I'm going to supply my children, my ones that I've called, and Israel is the one that he called. He's turning back to Israel, church. But on the same token, we are part and connected with Israel. Praise God for that. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Keep your Bibles handy because we do want to go to another portion of Scripture. That we want to bring out some things from the Word of God. That I truly believe in, in the last days as I looked around and I talked to many ministers of things going along in their churches and their regions and their areas. That the Word of God is being fulfilled so in such a, a dynamic way. One, we know that He's coming back because there's a falling away. Look around. People don't want to be committed to the things of God. They don't want to serve God. They serve Him with half-heartedness. They don't want to hear the Word of God anymore. They just want what they get, and that's it. They want to come and be fat and sassy, but God says in the last days, there will be a falling away. And we're seeing it. There's some that are rising up because they preach a lot of messages that doesn't bring about a lot of uh, things of deliverance, and God says the gospel brings deliverance, and we're, so we're seeing that. And uh, the disciples had met with Jesus because they had pointed out some things about uh, the temple, and, and Jesus had talked to them about some things about Jerusalem, but he says every stone would come down. That was fulfilled in 70 AD. The temple has not been built since then, has not been erected, it, it came down. But they asked some other questions as the discourse came in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Stand for the reading of God's word, if you would, please.
Verse 3, it says this. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Let me stop there before we continue on and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the lamp that is before us, the light that we need in this dark and dismal time that we see how things are coming to an end and that the door is closing for grace. But God, we truly believe that you're opening the door in so many other ways. And God, you're, you're presenting because you're right about ready to appear. And God, you need your people to be ready. And God, we do not need to be deceived. And one of the first criteria says, don't let anyone deceive. And God, we ask you that you would open the word, anoint my lips anoint my mind, anoint the ears, anoint the hearts that they may receive, that they may understand what you have in this hour that we live in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Signs of the times. Signs of the times. One of the first things that Jesus told his disciples, he says, let no one deceive you. Deception is what? That one that has misled or misleading of uh, something giving out information. There was uh, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, uh, Martha received a phone call that really disturbed her. And uh, this man says, you're going to go to jail. Says, uh, they're going to be out your door because you did this and do that. And it was about the IRS. It says, in 2012, hey, you didn't pay all your taxes, so you, you're going to do that. It says, well, my husband's on it. it. says, no, this is about you. So Martha took the number down. She closed her blinds so no police would see that she's home. <laughs> she was in fear. And I like the enemy. So I said, well, give me the number. So I give me a number and called this guy. And, of course, he's a foreigner. That's the first indicator. Of course, they're in this nation. It could be anybody. And I says, um, all right, you're telling us IRS, and you're from the IRS, you said? Oh, yeah, I'm from the IRS. I says, well, I've dealt with the IRS over the few years. He says, they don't work this way. He says, we've never received a notice. Oh, yeah, but I'm giving you your notice now. I says, well, my wife says, and he said, well, what's your wife's name? So I says, no, that doesn't deal with your wife. That really deals with you. You're the head of the household. I go, Oh, it was my wife, now it's me. And they brought up some things because they do some checking. And so I said, um, well, how much do we owe the IRS? And he told me, and I go, oh. I said, so we owe that? And he says, yeah, I says, and there'll be, uh, he says, where do you work at? And I says, I'm not telling you where I work at. He says, well, you're going to have people at your doorstep that are going to pick you up and going to put you in jail. He says, you can't get a lawyer to get out of this. He says, you owe the money, and they're going to come and get it. I says, first of all, this is a scam. Because the IRS don't work that way. He goes, oh, yes, they do. And he was getting pretty uh, adamant with me. In other words, what he was wanting to do, because he, he finally said, well, if you'll, and I says, I'm not giving you a dime. I'm not giving you anything. He goes, oh, gonna be I says, so you're threatening me now. I says, do you know I've got your number? And he says, now I've got your name. 
And he says, and I'm going to turn you in. He started backtracking. He started backing up. And pretty soon he hung up. My wife's still here with me. They didn't come and get her. I'm still here. They didn't come and get me. How many knows there's a lot of scams going on? I thought, how many people can be vulnerable to those type of situations? This person, this person was pretty firm with what he was saying and the way to come across. And some people would be fooled by it. I got on Google and checked him out. He's been turned in, and right now they're looking for him right now. So, where he's calling from, I don't know. If he was in the U.S., I don't know if he was outside the U.S., but there's so many scams. Jesus said in the last days that there would be a time when deception would be around. I truly believe that is a misleading, but not just misleading on information to live in this life, but morally and spiritually, we see a deceptive time. We see doctrines of demons being given out all the time. Churches and other people that claim to be of a church realm, they give out a lot of things, a lot of information, but it doesn't add up with word. You know, need to know what the word says about everything. There's a lot of people so naive that listen to anybody and fall for anything. They never get the word out to find out what God says about the situation. Well, my pastor believes this way. My church believes this way. My group believes this way. What does the Word say? Let's get down to the brass tacks. People can say a lot of things, but what does God say about the thing? When he's on that phone with that man, I says, you're, you're very giving a, a scam here. It's deceptive trying to get something that they want to operate with. My money. I didn't send it in. You know what's happening with so many people, though? Discernment has gone down the tubes. They can't discern anymore what's right or what's wrong. You know what a discern means? It's to observe. To take what you know is right and not just to fall for any scam or, or anything that goes on. But you know that you know what God says about it. Can I tell you that He's coming back? I believe it. I know it. I feel it in my heart. I've never seen such a time when the Word of God is being preached about His coming with so many people anymore. It's getting to the place the rapture could take place today. To me, I say it's okay. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. But until that time, my job, my ministry, my portion is to help you, to let you see that do not be deceived. Jesus said, because they come in my name, don't take what they say. Take what I've given you. So many times people are being pulled away and swayed with so many things. It's time you wake up and not believe everything that claims to be this or that. But know what the Word of God says. Amen? You should be in the Word of God yourself. There's a lot of things going on around us right now saying, and they put Christianity to it, and it has nothing to do with Christianity. Christianity is what Christ would do, how he lived, how he talked, how he ministered, and that's exactly what we need to find out what his word says. They put a lot of good uh, things to it, but it doesn't have anything that goes with it. Open your Bibles if you would to. I had done a message in Leviticus 
Let me get that out there real quick. Leviticus chapter 10. I done a message on a Sunday night, and I really felt led as God was talking to me on things that has been happening not only in the church realm, but in people's homes. Accepting anything that goes. Opening the doors for Satan to come in. Opening the doors for deception to move in. Allowing yourself to be deceived in so many ways. Leviticus chapter 10. 1 through 3. Let me say this. How many ever dealt with con artists? I mean, I can pick out a con artist. Sometimes it's hard to pick them out because they have a good talk. You got to really watch them. You got to really know what they're trying to do. But so many people are deceived. They fall for anything. They can slice it and dice it, and for $19.99, I can send you two of them. This will work, and we've got a guarantee. So you buy it, and all of a sudden it falls apart after the first use, and you try to send it back. I'm sorry, in the writing below here, a lot of scams, a lot of things going on. But I want to talk about the church, because the church is what is dealing with what when we get done after this life, because the church is getting out of here. I'm getting out of here, church. You are too if you're part of the body of Christ. But I don't want you deceived. I don't want you to be in a, a caught up in such a moral state or not understanding and discerning what is really going on in the day and age we're living in. Because they say it doesn't mean it is so. But let's read. Something happened under Moses' watch. It happened in the church. Happened with somebody that was in charge of the church, Aaron, his two sons. How many of those of sometimes family can give you a rough road to hoe? Verse 1. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and put incense on it and offered, and New King James says, profane fire, King James says, strange fire. I will call this strange fire. Before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. Say, he's holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. Something took place. They were boys of Aaron, sons of Aaron. They wanted to do what their father was doing, but they were not supposed to. They took some things that really was of themselves. I call this common because strange means, and when you say profane, profane means something that is common in this regard. Something that has been polluted or defiled. Something that is not of God or approved of God. There's a lot of things being offered 
in the name of the Lord that is not approved of God. There's a lot of areas in teaching that is going out that is in the name of the Lord, but is not approved of the Lord. There's a lot of worship music that's going out that is claiming to worship God. They've got a nice beat, but they're not approved of God. They get you drawn away. They get you pulled away because of a nice beat. You know, can I tell you the enemy, Satan himself, was a worship leader in heaven? He knows how to get you moving. He knows how to get you going. But when you realize the beat is not what it's at, it's coming into his presence. There's so many people bringing commonality that they're putting God down upon man's level. God is higher than that. He is a holy God. And he must approve everything that goes on, even in our own lives, our home, and our business deals, and our churches. Moses was told by God and told this to Aaron in Exodus because Aaron was a high priest. Nothing shall light this fire except the high priest. The only approval that can take place and move is the high priest. It was the lighting of incense. It was the offer of incense. The aroma going up. Now, the one thing, we live in a time when God has not cast judgment automatically. But people seem to think because he hasn't, it's okay. That's not the case. Because God doesn't bring fire down right now and consume people doesn't mean he's not going to judge certain aspects. But some people get comfortable and they still bring things to commonality. The fire offered... It's supposed to be a source that God desires of purity, of a continual praise, of a continual worship. That's what God was requiring in the temple. Can I tell you what God's asking us as having and being the temple of God? To have a pure life. To have a continual praise on my lips and my heart. To come into His presence with worship. Not with commonality. God says, I'm bringing you up. See, Jesus came down so we can move up. So we don't stay the same because our sin would take us to hell. But Jesus said, I come to get you out of your sin. See, the areas that God is looking for is holy fire. Fire that he approves. Separate fire. Holiness means something that's been sanctified, separated, and it's for his use. There's a lot of things going on today that is not of God. And everybody seems to think it's okay because somebody says it. But what does God say about it? If I could ever instill in my children is not to take things for face value, but to know what the Word of God says. To know what God says about the situation. Holy fire also symbolizes the holiness of God. The Bible says that He is a consuming fire. And He consumes. In the day and age we're living in, we have so many things going on that not only deception, but people don't even know that really is Christ coming back? Is, is he, am I ready to meet Him? If He would come at your doorstep, would He find you ready? 
If he would call your name, would he find you ready? Are you living in such a half-hearted way that you say, well, I love the Lord, but your heart is not truly to the Lord? See, we're talking about the heart measure. We're talking about something that God looks at. He looks at the inside of a man, not the outside, but the outside is a reflection of the inside. Our lives should be a reflection of what God has done inside. Amen? God changed me. He saved me. He gave me something that I should praise Him for. See, on the day of Pentecost, here's something that God done. Tongues of fire. That was acceptable to the Lord because they praised the Lord. Let me talk just briefly about these two boys. Because there's something going on that I've seen in the last few years that really put my heart into check. Not everybody wants to follow you when you used to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. When you start giving your life truly to God, they think that you've kind of gone off the rocker. You've kind of gone off the, the skid. You've not got all your scruples up here because you just want to follow the Lord. Jesus told his disciples, follow me. Say that, follow me. That's what he's asking every single one of us. To leave what is there and follow me. To take what I said, take up your cross and follow me. See, to go where Jesus goes is to mean to look to Him. Aaron's two sons, names it gives us, Nadab and Abihu. I'm glad you asked about their names because they mean something. And we must understand what they mean. Because these boys took it upon themselves to light the fire. These boys says, I'm going to step into the realm that they weren't called into at this point in time. Only their father was. And the King James says it was strange fire. See, anything that is not like God, doesn't think like God, doesn't act like God or talk like God, is called strange. That's the reason why the Bible says it's strange fire. Something that's strange. We see that the world looks at us as being weird because we follow God. They look at us like, why do you have to always talk about God? Why do you always have to go to church? Why do you always have to include the Lord in everything you do? They look at you and says, you're not, you don't have everything together. You don't enjoy yourself. You know what? I have the best times since I follow the Lord than any other time. I enjoy my life. They look at us as weird. But God says this, that if you don't follow me, you're strange. If you offer things up of this world that I didn't call to offer up, that's strange. In other words, it becomes weird to the Lord. Strange fire. It doesn't add up to because God doesn't accept it. In the last days we're living in, Jesus said, do not let anyone deceive you. Do not let anyone take you down a path of deception. You need to discern some things. If it don't have peace in your heart, then you've got to really find out what's going on. Don't let anybody con you. These brothers offered profane fire. Fire that was not sanctified. Fire that wasn't it was common. It was their own incense that they was giving. 
It was their own. When they gave their censers and they lit them, they put the fire to it, it wasn't of God. Look what God did. He brought judgment right away. How would you like God to come in here and some people say, I love the Lord, and God says, no, you don't, and you've been lying to me, and all of a sudden judgment follows, and they've fallen down and die. What would you think? Will it happen? It happened in Acts. They were offering strange things, common things. Said, well, take part and only give parts. That's like a lot of people. I'll give you so much, Lord, but I'm going to hold back this because this belongs to me. When you give your heart to God, He bought you with a price. And when He bought you with a price, you're not your own. The things I have, I don't own. The things I have is not mine. They belong to the Lord. From my money, to my family, to my home, to the cars I drive, to my job, it belongs to the Lord. It's not my own. God's fire. Notice what happened. God's response. He took them off the map. He wiped them out. Because God's giving you grace doesn't mean God won't judge you. God's going to judge everybody, even the Christian. There's two judgment seats that God has. One is the Beeman's seat. And with that seat, God's going to judge the world. With the Christian, we stand before Christ. We stand before Him. What did you do with what I give you? Well, He's going to ask. And then He's going to test it by fire. Again, fire coming up from God. Did it please me? Has it given to me what I asked? Have you given to God what he's asking? Are you holding on to things of this world? That becomes strange. That becomes you. And that does not become what God desires. These brothers decided with themselves, well, dad's not lit it yet. I'll go in and we'll just light it together. Judgment fell. Fire devoured them. That was God's reply. See, he will not accept anything that's not holy. That becomes unholy. And we're living in a time when things are being offered to God that's very unholy. That is not like God, doesn't act like God. They put a flavor of God to it, and we have deception going on. And it's the reason why God's not pouring out His glory. We don't see God doing some things. You know what happens when God pours out His glory, and we see that in certain situations? They don't have enough to keep the glory going because they've not separated unto God. Nadab, what does his name mean? I'm glad you asked. His name is, means liberal. How many's ever seen a liberal way? I'm not talking about politics. But I'm talking about people living liberally. Anything goes. I'm going to do it my way, and you can hit the highway, because I'm going to do it my way. It's very liberal, and people live that. You know what they do? They lower the standards so they can please themselves. Well, what's wrong with what I wear? What's wrong with what I think? What's wrong with what I see? What's wrong with where I go? Does it please the Lord? Nadab, his name meant liberal. He was very liberal in what he was doing with his life. He was not separated unto God, not just for God. So he lowered his standards. You know what he did? He chose to abandon the Word of God, and offer up what he thought was best for God. It reminded me of the time when Cain and Abel came before the Lord. 
And the one offering was pleasing to the Lord, and the other was not. Deception. See, when you know what the Word of God says, when you understand what God desires, and you really get a hold of God, you give Him what He wants, what He desires, His pleasure. But we're living in a time, as Jesus said, strange fires going before His nostrils. He's not pleased with it, church. Now, many of you, I know, are living for the Lord. And I know you have dedicated your hearts. But there's some that are half-heartedly serving God. And you wonder why you're having difficulties. You're wondering why you're having problems. Because you're trying to live God commonly. And God says you need to move up to where I've asked you to move up. To live a holy life. Without holiness, no man shall see God. You are deceived, and you're deceived in your own mind, in your own heart. Liberal, you know what that means? Carnal. They live on a carnal plane, the earthly plane. If it feels good, I'm doing it. That's the reason why we have so many people have so many thoughts of evil beliefs and evil things coming in to so many of their homes and in their lives, and they wonder why they're tormented, wonder why they have things happening in their hearts and, and their lives, and why they're having difficulties. They no longer think sin is wrong. Matter of fact, they don't even know what sin is. They just live any old way. Deceived. Deceptive. Okay to commit uh, adultery. Okay to commit uh, living together. I've never seen such a time when uh, couples are living together. Not taking what God says that marriage is holy. It's a commitment that God has put into play. Marriage is of God. But we have a generation that denounces that. You know, we have a generation now, and we're seeing it, that because we live in a lawless situation where people are not wanting to respect authority. Lovers of pleasure more than they love God. They have a form, but they deny the power. Okay to announce it because if I disagree with it, I'm not going to respect that authority realm. We got police officers now and in this nation, in America, that they are on guard all the time because they don't know what they're going to face because people don't want to respect authority anymore. If they don't respect what they can see, how can they respect God who they don't see? Pastor, this is awful tough, but I just want to give you the truth. I want you to understand deceptive times are before us. How many know some people that are like what I'm talking about? They'll justify, they'll live any way they want to. They don't agree with what the Word of God says. Well, God really don't mean that for today. And they bring God down to a common thing. God is not a common uh, one. We need to look and say He's just a common person. No, Jesus came down, but He went up. He died for you and I that we can be set free. When you could take, and we have animal rights people that will make you feel bad because you kill animals, but they don't talk about killing babies. That's murder, church. But we say it's okay this way because uh, we don't want to put a bondage upon people because of decisions that they make. That's liberal thinking. 
That's common thinking. That's carnal thinking. I'm going to do what I want to no matter what anybody else thinks. Then you stepped into the realm that you don't respect God and what He desires. That's liberal thinking. Abayu. Simple and easy. Don't have a lot to bring up about him. He was a worshiper of God. He loved God. He saw what his dad did, and he saw what God done, and he loved God. He was a true worshiper. Abayu means true worshiper. But one thing I notice here, and I title it this, mixtures. Mixtures. Now, what does it mean to have mixtures? When you mix something, it becomes one. When you mix it together, if you have a mixed drink, you make one. It's no longer just a mixed drink, it's just one. I don't care what you do. Brother Nathan was coming back, and his wife, he handed a cup of coffee back to her. She tasted it and says, this tastes a little different. And he says, yeah, I mixed some different other coffees together. Yeah, but it just tastes different. It's got a little bit different taste. Yeah, but it become one at that point in time. It was one drink. There's a lot of people mixing a lot of things in their lives, and they wonder why they're not having the success. They're wondering why they're not having the things that they need and satisfaction and peace in their lives because they're mixing a lot of things. You know what happened? This was the mixing of lustly flesh with the worship of God. They wanted God, but they wanted their flesh. One convinced the other, let's go do this. Let's start our own movement and see what God will do. God is not pleased with that. And we wonder why things have come into our nation. When we take prayer out of school, and we say now, even when they pray, we'll sue you over prayer. Even when the majority says we want prayer, but we have one, you know what happens? Then you have a problem. Then you have an issue that you're taking God out because you're allowing the one to rule over the other. Even though the majority says let's go this way. Majority says we do not want to see sin in our states. So we don't want homosexuality to be on the books. But what happened? Now we have one that is a clerk in Kentucky that's been arrested because she says, I can't sign this because of what I believe. They sue her, put her in jail. That's persecution, church. We need to wake up. We're living in the last days. We need to look up and say, God, you're about to come back. It's time we look in our own hearts. It's true we do have mixtures. Do we have our flesh? Do we have just this that's we feel good because I listen to good music? I'm okay. But God says, I'm looking at your hearts. Don't mix carnal. Don't mix liberal. Don't mix the evil with what God says is holy because God will do away with it. I've never seen such a time when People don't know right from wrong anymore, and they're allowing things to go in their homes. Listening to TV shows that they shouldn't be listening to or watching. Listening to music they shouldn't be listening to. Thinking it's okay. It makes me just kind of move, and it makes me do this. Chasing after things that is not what God wants you to chase after. God wants you free, church. God wants you to move into the realm what He calls holy. Holy. Jesus said, deceptive times are coming. Don't let no one deceive you. It's funny how he put that in the first category. What's the signs of the times, Jesus? What, what, what can we look for that we can see that you're coming back? 
that you're going to set up your kingdom. The rapture is about ready to take place. What, what, what should we look for? Don't be deceived. Don't want anybody to come in my name and, and claim this and claim that. You should know in your heart. You should know. The reason why so many people don't know because they don't get in the Word of God themselves. They don't set devotions for themselves. They don't set a prayer time up for themselves. They don't get alone with God for themselves. They don't get around godly things so they can't be, have things passed on to them. The enemy is deceived. Never seen such a time when people says, I'll go for 45 minutes or an hour to service, and that's all I need of God, and that's all I want of God. But they have the world the rest of the time. That's mixtures. This is what's going on in our pulpits. Mixtures. Allowing things that used to be, you shouldn't go that path, but now they allow it. <clears throat> mixtures. Touch your neighbor says mixtures. You know what mixtures bring? Unfaithfulness. You know what else it brings? Rebellion. Apostasy. Mixtures. Half-heartedness, what it really brings up. I'll serve God half-heartedly, but expect God to bless you. There's coming a point in time, God's closing the door of grace. God's door. There's coming a point in time... <laughs> What if the rapture would take place and I'd be gone out of here and you're left behind? What would that do to you? We've seen a video, and I've seen it just a couple weeks ago, but we've seen it down at the latest conference. And boy, I tell you what, it shook you. All of a sudden, we've seen this church, and it was pretty full. The pastor's up there preaching about the rapture. And all of a sudden, instantly, almost the whole church is gone except just for a few I'll never forget the time when I was a young man. I come home from school or I was doing something and I went through the house. The door was open, lights were on, TV was on. I didn't see my mom and dad. I went through the house hollering my mom and dad's name. I went through every place. I went outside, didn't see them. Went in the garage, didn't see them. Went into the place of a barn we had. Didn't see him there. Fear gripped me. I said, they're gone, God, and I'm left. They left me. I, I, where are they going? What had happened? A neighbor had come and got him, and they went over to the neighbors doing something, and they was in their house. I didn't see him. I thought the rapture took place, and I was left behind. Mixtures that come into so many people's lives in their homes, and they wonder why they don't have God in their homes. Wonder why God's not moving like He wants to. See, mixtures not only call them faithfulness, rebellion, or apostasy, but also with mixtures it brings sadness and depression. Have you ever seen such a time when people are so sad and so depressed in the day and age, oppressed by things around them? Because when you allow mixtures to come in, your faith kind of comes down to a lower level. You can't believe God. Well, what if I lose my job? What if I, this happens? What if that happens? To me, God's going to take care of me. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. I like what you said, sis. And I like what my wife says. I don't need the pastor. I don't need someone to lay hands on me. But I need to believe God to do what he said he would do, though. Thank God for those resources he's got. But if they are not there, I need God. That's what it's all about. Amen. 
You know what else happens? Frustration. People get frustrated when mixtures happen. There's some people try to do something because they don't see something happening. They think, well, I'll just step in and do it because I know better anyway. I've seen it done like that before, and I can step in. But God didn't ordain you to do that. You know what happens? Darkness comes. And we're seeing darkness right now. The Bible says God is light. And when light has been brought, it opens up a level of things you can see. But when light is not there, what happens is very dark. How many ever stubbed your toe in the middle of the night when you can't see something? Javi, have you ever stubbed your toe before? No. It feels good, don't it? Oh, let's do it again. It doesn't happen that way. You start hopping because you've hurt yourself. Nadab and Abihu, they mixed and they brought mixtures in the house of the Lord. And what happened? God judged them. This is what's been happening with so many churches and so many people's lives and so many homes because they're mixing the world and mixing God. It doesn't work that way. You cannot ride the fence. You can't get on the fence post and say, well, I want God, but I want the world. Either you're for God or you're not. Deceptive time. It's time we wake up and say enough is enough. I want God more than anything. You know what it brings? It brings garbage into things of God. It brings something that is not of God. It brings those areas that God says is sin, and you allow sin to come in. It dilutes it. It, it brings a, a pollution in a church or in a life into a home that is not of God. And they wonder why the door's been opened and spiritual things are happening. When the enemy can find a door to come in, he will. When he can kind of find a place to get in your mind, he will. Time we wake up. Too many mixtures in too many people's lives. I truly believe that God's getting ready to pour out his glory. I truly believe he's going to pour it out in such a way. I like what one lady said down there. A third wave is coming of God's glory. And that third wave is going to pour out. That's going to expel the darkness. It's going to get rid of everything that's been dark. It's going to start exposing some things. But right now, God is calling a people to rise up and say, God, we want you more than anything else. We're tired of the liberal ways. We're tired of satisfying our flesh because it's not working. Too many mixtures. I truly believe fire is about to happen on some. Things are going to happen in their lives, and I wonder what's going on. Because judgment's going to fall. But I truly believe there's a group, there's a remnant, there's a people that love the Lord with all their heart. I'm one of them. God, you've got me. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I want him more than anything else. And I truly believe that there's a holy fire that God's going to pour out. And it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. And I truly believe he's going to pour out in these last days that glory upon the church. 
And I truly believe that when God pours out upon that, there's going to be others to see. God is still alive. God is still on the throne. And there's still a way out. And there's still hope in, in a world that seems to be so dark. There's a way. Let's follow the light. Let's go to where it is. And the church is the light that sitteth upon a hill. Let us be the light that the world can see, church. Let the glory of God come down and let Him pour out upon us. Oh, thank you, Father, that the demonic influences will no longer have a hiding place. Sometimes these demonic forces want a hiding place because they've been roaming, trying to find satisfaction. And sometimes we open the doors and we wonder why. It's time we shut the doors to the enemy and say, enough is enough. You're not coming to my home. You're not coming to my life. Get rid of those things. That's bringing those influences. And let God to come in fully. If there's anything that is taking the place of God, you need to check it. Because God is requiring one thing. I'm number one. Priorities has got to be set. I've got to be number one. Not just in church time. Not just the time that we go to church. But it's on a daily basis. Seven days a week. 24 hours a day. God's got to be number one. And if you've been holding on to something that's keeping you from getting close to God, you need to say, God, I'm giving it over to you. I'm let, releasing it. I don't want it no more. Because if that's hindering your walk with God, you need to say, enough's enough. If that's becoming a mixture, you need to say, God, I don't want that mixture in my life. If it's becoming carnal and liberal, you need to say, God, I want that out, but I need holy. I need worship. I need your glory. I need you to come with your presence. God is desiring that. Jesus said in these last days, deception is coming. These messages are not always easy because it challenges you. It checks your heart. But I truly believe God's getting ready to wrap this thing up. God's coming back. If you can't see what's happening, I never thought I'd see a time that Scripture's fulfilled because we see the Old Testament, it says the whole world would be turning their backs on Israel. After they come to be a nation. 1948, scripture was fulfilled. They would come back to their land. They're coming back to their land. And look what's happened. The whole world. Even America. We've got a president now that really won't back anything that Israel's doing. That's just the truth, church. You need to wake up. You can't depend upon the... Look what's happening with our economy we used to be one of the strongest economies. Now, China and other nations now are coming up and economies are rising there. We're going down. Our debt level is down. That cannot last. We need to wake up. That's deception. You can't keep charging without getting paying the payments. The interest will kill you. That's on even just economically. You cannot have $18 trillion and think that we're going to have supply. Without God, you have nothing. When we take God out of our country, then you watch it. It will fall. But I'm telling you, the church will rise up because God's going to bless the church. His church. Not the man-made church. Not the liberal church. Not the mixing church. But the one has made their minds up. God's number one in my life. God, pour out on me. Wake me up, God. Let me see if there's anything that's not pleasing you that I can have what is needed in my life. That's you only. 
Well, God showed me this strange fire, strange things coming around, things that are common, profane, as not of God. It woke me up. I said, God, I want things out that is not like you, that your fire can burn in me. Let me have that, God. How many knows you've seen it around us? You've seen some liberal things going on. You've seen talk. Well, it's okay to do this, okay to do that. Okay to chase after that, okay to just... And we're seeing less and less of the power of God flowing in people's lives. A lot of phony baloney stuff. Let's get down to brass tacks. You've seen it, you know about it, but God says it's strange. If things are not holy to Him, if things are not approved to Him, why do we have it in our lives? Amen? I enjoy myself. I have good things. God's blessed me. But I don't want things take their take priority of God. I want God first. And God's going to have a people that's going to put Him first. Stand to your feet if you would, please. Holy fire is coming. 